Hey everyone, Jessica Hopper here. I want to share a bonus episode with you. It's a conversation between me and Carla Green. She reported our last episode about the women behind John Fahey. If you haven't heard that story yet, I'd hit stop on this episode and go listen to that one now, then come back. Okay, here's me and Carla Green. Do you think music world, John Fahey fans, after taking in this story, need to reconsider his legacy? Um, I think this should be part of his legacy. I think the extent to which that will make someone reconsider his legacy depends on the person. Um, and I'm sure, I'm sure that there are, you know, big John Fahey fans who are going to listen to this story and think either it doesn't matter or, you know. It just goes to show what a weird genius he was. Yeah, right. Like that this either shouldn't matter or doesn't change anything. But I think that there are people who will learn the things in the story and incorporate it into their idea of who he was. What people should do with that next, I don't really know. It's really good music, you know, like, and so I've thought about that question for myself just as I've been working on this piece, like putting it together, I've been listening to a lot of it. I'm literally listening to women talk about how he was bad to them. And also I'm enjoying his music. Like, should I not be listening to it? It's interesting to hear you talk about basically becoming a fan of John Fahey's music at the same time as you're reporting the stories of women who are really harmed by him. And having to hold both of those things at the same time. I know. Yeah, it's really weird. Um, I feel weird about it. In trying to think about it for my own self, what I've kind of gone back to is the fact that the women themselves, the women who had this experience, I don't think would ever say, like, you know, don't listen to John Fahey's music anymore. Well, and also that two of the women in his life in large part are responsible for his posthumous legacy in a very real way. Yeah, are help, helping kind of maintain his memory. Yeah, totally. And so I don't think that an answer that makes sense to listening to everything in the story is, you know, to say, like, John yeah. Fahey is canceled. And while we talk about some of these things, having the, 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 these dual realities of that, this was terrible for these women, but also they loved this person. I think we... Th- as particularly as music fans and and particularly in these you know the realm of me too post me too cultural conversations this is what we say oh but it's it's complicated but i think in many ways it is complicated for us it would be easier if it's this narrative of you know a weinstein or um you know as people always use the example a rapist jumping out of the bushes with a knife. But in reality, this is a much more typical story. It is so much easier to cancel an artist when it's they were malicious all the time. But I think in many ways, the story of these women that were in John Fahey's life, that were in relationship to John Fahey, this is much more typical. Yeah, I think that that's I think that that's true. And I think that I can 
Like the thing, the thing about Fahey that's different is that he was just like, he was a profoundly weird person. And so a lot from what I understand of him, obviously I didn't know him, but so a lot of the ways that these kind of like bad things that he did manifested were like threatening Janet with the snapping turtle, just these like weird things to do. But setting that aside, just the kind of the overtones of the behavior are things that I think are much more common than a lot of people realize, partly because it is kind of hard to talk about these things. And I think that sometimes some of these things, if you do talk about them in isolation, for example, someone who someone could it's it, there, there are things that you could dismiss, like be like, oh, but that doesn't seem like that big of a deal. Sometimes we hear that excuse, oh, he just has a strange sense of humor. Right, yeah. And people said that about about Fahey, that he just has a weird sense of humor. And so I think it's important to talk about these things because they're complicated. I think there are there's definitely some value to cancel culture. But then also there's stories like this where we have to learn to incorporate an artist's story with greater nuance. And, and really accord the people who were harmed by them the nuance and the complexity, uh, you know, the highs and lows of their life stories. I think you're right in saying that canceling John Fahey is, it's too simplistic. I think what this forces us to do is open up how we think, not just about him, but other artists and other women who have stories about these, about our genius men, our revered men in music. How do we take all of this in? And that we have to be willing to look at it, to interrogate it, to kind of pull it apart and sit with, sit with the fact that it isn't as easy as cancel John Fahey. Yeah, I think something I've been thinking about recently is also like, you know, the trope of the tortured artist and like that you have to be tortured in order to like make something really great. And I think that Fahey was, from my understanding of him as someone who didn't know him, but have heard a lot of stories about him, I think that he was like quite a tortured person. And that was, I mean, it, he inflicted this harm on the women in his life. And honestly, not just women, like I've heard stories about um, you know, men who he was horrible to as well. But it was also there was also a lot of self-inflicted harm. You know, I mean, he was like very famously an alcoholic. Um, he died of like all of these different conditions. Like, you know, he had a heart condition, he had diabetes. And he, by most accounts, like in different parts of his life, treated himself pretty badly as well. Like he suffered as well. And so I think that if there is like in addition to the fact that like this story complicates John Fahey's legacy, I think that something that it should also make people think about is the extent to which we glorify the idea of artists and especially male artists being tortured geniuses and to really think seriously about the harm that that causes not just for the people around them but also for them you know i don't be- i don't actually believe that fahey did have to be miserable to make the beautiful art that he made i don't know if he believed that he did but i'm sure that there are people out there who believe that and i i think that that i think that that's wrong you know and i don't think that we should be justifying this kind of harm by saying that it that's the only way to create great art Historically, we see 
that tortured male artist, you know, we can we can see that darkness, that suffering, that mental illness, addiction, basically become valorized and go, well, you know, but great art came out of that. You know, we see that even as recent as, you know, Elliot Smith's story. And I think what people don't necessarily take into account as fans, as, as, as students of music history, is, you know, he was a guy who was living in his car at times. He was in terrible health. He was wildly depressed. He was someone who had um, strange and obsessive behavior, wild mood swings that came out on people that he knew and didn't, fixations on women that were close to him and women who were strangers. I mean, he was someone who, he was someone who had all manner of mental and physical anguish, struggles. Issues. Issues. He had a lot of issues, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think that people, I think that there are probably a lot of fans of John Fahey who valorize that about him and maybe even like feel like they want to imitate it. You know, I know that there are a lot of people who would love to be able to play the guitar like John Fahey. Like that's even something that Melissa said to me. And I think that there's especially, this is an especially, you know, powerful idea among like young men and like teenage boys who I think also might be some of John Fahey's biggest fans. One of the things that you report in the piece is about how John Fahey has some of these obsessive tendencies and how they come out and impact in some really negative ways the women in his life, but also, you know, these same obsessive tendencies kind of contribute to some of the things that made his music so great, so refined, so inventive. And I think, you know, this is this is also part of the complexity of it isn't just what he did, but but some of the things that that drove a darkness in him also drove his creativity. And I think sometimes those those are the hardest things to reconcile when we are are really looking at what makes an artist an artist. Yeah, that's true. That there are you know, some of the things that made him totally impossible and insufferable are also some of the same things that made his art great. But I guess I just, I don't buy into this idea that just because there are parallels between what makes someone act badly and what makes them a good artist, just because there are parallels there doesn't mean that one can't exist without the other. Something else that struck me in like learning about Fahey is that There were certain stories that I heard about him that just showed that he was also, in addition to, you know, all the other stuff about how he could be, like, really difficult and make people suffer, there were also things where he was, you know, like, really generous. Apparently, he could be really generous and he could be, like, a real joy to be around sometimes. And he was, you know, really funny and and stuff like that. And so I think that also something that makes me feel sad when I when I think about Fahey or, um, you know, maybe whoever else, like, believing in this trope of the tortured artist, like, if he did, or at least, you know, even if he didn't believe in it, he lived it, is um, that you can kind of see, like, in those parts of Fahey that were, you know, really, like, sweet and generous and good, you can see maybe what could have been if he hadn't been so like tortured, you know, if he hadn't been so sick in all of these different ways. And I think that that's 
really that makes me really sad to think about, you know, that there maybe there could have been a world where Fahey would have been really different and he and Melody maybe would have had this like, you know, 40 year long relationship. He would still be alive. You know, he wouldn't have died of these things. I think that there's like another world that could have been. But um, because partly because we so um, valorize artist being this way, that's not that's not the world that came to be. You know, that's not the Fahey that came to be. That people just accepted this as this is part and parcel of who artists are. Right. That they're mercurial assholes, that they're drunk, that they're this, that they're that. And so not only is that just sort of accepted, but no one's probably reaching out to go, hey, you seem like you're struggling, or why don't we get you some help, buddy? Why don't I drive you home? You're too wasted. Or whatever. Yeah. And like, I mean, who knows? You know, maybe if he had gotten all the help in the world, you know, maybe it wouldn't have worked and he still would have been the way that he was. But I think that if we didn't accept so completely this idea that it was normal for him to be, you know, have so many issues, that it would have been more possible or more likely that things could have been different. You can find more of Carla Green's work on the KCRW program Unfictional. And if you'd like to contribute to our conversation around artistic legacies, find us on Twitter and use the hashtag LostNotes. Until next time.